Staying true to America's national destiny, the voice of the awakening. Your host, Bishop E. W. Jackson. Says, then you shall offer up a heave offering of it to the Lord, a tenth of the tithe. So in other words, the priests would get their offering from the children of Israel, and then they were required to make an offering from what they got. But then it says this in the 29th verse of Numbers 18, it says, of all your gifts, you shall offer up every heave offering due to the Lord from all the best of them. The best, the consecrated part. And you know, we got Christians who give what they have left. Well, Lord, as soon as I take care of all my business, I, 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 I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw something in the offering plate. I remember, I remember people, I, 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 this probably still happens today, but I have people say, they, you going to church? Yeah. Put a dollar in the offering plate for me. You know, like God's supposed to be really excited that they decided to take a dollar. You know, and I, and I know they just spent $17 for some Jim Crow. That's liquor for those of you here. And the tithe is a representation of the first and the best. Amen. It's a representation of the first of the best. Now look, and Malachi 3 talks about tithes and offerings, by the way, tithes and offerings, because, because here again, the tithe is the minimum. The tithe is what God says, that's mine. But then we're supposed to go beyond that. Amen especially those of us who are of the new covenant, we're supposed to go beyond the old covenant because the old covenant, uh, the Bible says, is, is a covenant that's passed away and the new covenant is based upon better promises. Amen. Amen. All right, let me, let me get on here. Now look, so our giving is not only meant to bless God, it's meant to bless people, right? To bless others. So look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Beginning at verse 11, it says, while you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. Now, notice that our giving caused other people to be thankful to God. You know, when I do things for people that they don't expect, I tell them, thank Jesus, because if it weren't for him, I wouldn't do it. Amen. 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 Twelfth verse says, for the administration of this service not only supplies the needs of the saints. Now notice this, not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also is abounding through many thanksgivings to God. Now that's talking about people who are not saints. It affects people who aren't Christians when they see your giving. It says, while through the proof of this ministry, they glorify God for the obedience of your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your liberal sharing with them and all men. You know, Christian giving doesn't end at the church. It doesn't end at the church. Amen. There, there, are, there are, listen, Psalm 112 man who's got wealth and riches will be in his house says, he has scattered abroad, he has given to the poor. We're supposed to be repositories of God's goodness and God's grace and God's mercy, and we're supposed to be givers. That's what we do, amen? That's what we do. Now, look, I really believe giving was one of those works Jesus was talking about when he said, let your light so shine among men. He said, well, wait a minute, I suppose our giving was supposed to be anonymous. It is sometimes, but you can't keep everything anonymous. 
And when people know that you are giving, you don't brag about it and go, look at me. Look how great I am. Look at what I'm giving. No. But you let you let the, the, the act speak for itself and you give the glory to almighty God. Amen. You point them in his direction. Now, look, I'm going to be very self-revealing here. Here we go. My dad, you all hear my wife say, mm. Oh, you heard. See? There you go. Not my imagination. Now, those of you who have been around me for a long time uh, have heard me say this, heard me say this. We, even we as Christians, tend to overestimate our level of spiritual maturity. And we don't really see where we are until a test comes. And that's when we find out. I mean, you know, praise God, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm on fire for God. Why aren't the rest of you like me? Well, when you hear that, that's when the, run the other way. Because you know that person's probably not mature at all, but they, they've, got a, they've got a messed up view of their own level of maturity. But look, so I had this happen to me recently. My, so my wife and I are givers, we, and I praise God for that. I, I really believe I have the gift of giving. I really believe that. That that's a gift that God has given me. Um, so, you know, we, we're givers. And, and the Lord has spoken to me, I think, months ago. I think I may have shared this with you all. You know, I want you to, I want you to, to be more aggressive. I want you to increase your giving. And I said, yay, God. Hallelujah. No problem, Lord. Let's go. And, man, we, my wife and I, we're giving this and we're giving that. Say, my wife said, I gave so-and-so. I said, yeah, I, we, I gave so-and-so, you know. And we're in agreement. We're giving. And then I, I looked at my bank account one day and I saw where my savings was. And, you know, I, I, I didn't realize I had this little magic number in my mind that I didn't want to go beyond. And, boy, I said, Lord, I hit the choke point. I said, well, maybe we better wait a little bit until, <laughs> until things get replenished. Now, you know, and the thing is, I was convicted because I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I'm a giver. Praise God. Hallelujah. I give. Amen. And then I got down to that point. I went, uh, uh, we better slow down here. We, we better, uh, let, let's not. And it, what it made me realize was that it was easy for me to give. When, when you have plenty, it's easy to give. You don't miss it. But even, in, and look, it's not like we were about to go broke or anything like that. But I didn't realize I had in my mind a little threshold number that made me feel secure. And when I hit that number, I kind of had to take three steps back. Uh-oh. Now, Lord, I think I've probably done enough right now. But, you know, what it was teaching me was at a certain level, look, this is something you learn. You know what? When you don't have anything, you don't have to trust money because you don't have any. Let me say that again. <laughs> Yeah, when you don't have any, you don't have to trust it because you don't have any. I don't ever remember struggling with trusting money when we were broke. <laughs> hey, but you know what? You get some money, and all of a sudden, that money feels good to have as kind of your backup. <laughs> to have as kind of, well, we, yeah, we, we, we're in good shape. And when God says, well, give some more, you say, uh, was that really you, Jesus? You, you, so, so obviously, I had to push past that threshold because I knew what God had told me. 
But see, here again, what is it that God is going to bless us for our and in our giving as long as we don't pass our threshold of comfort? Or God's going to say, oh, okay, yeah, that's enough because you need that money. I don't want you to give any more right now because, uh, you know, you never know what might happen. The bank accounts in heaven might go broke. My point is, you've got to examine yourself. You've got to know, do you have a choke point? Are you in one of those situations where you'll give as long as it's comfortable? And let me tell you something, if that's where you are, that's not faith. That's not faith. What you're doing is you're doing what makes you feel good. But you don't want to go beyond that to trust God, whether it feels good to you or not. Just trust God that God has indicated to you what he wants you to do. In fact, as part of this sermon, as a personal matter, I made a list of all the things my wife and I give to. I, I put a list there because I, I, I've been thinking about it, hadn't done it. So I took the time to do that and look at the places we're giving. And of course, the number one thing we give to is the church. And the number two thing we give to is Stan. But we give to the Crisis Pregnancy Center. And we give to the Family Foundation. And we, I, I don't want to you know, list because I'm not bragging about myself, but I'm saying... We, we believe in the power of giving, but that doesn't mean we've arrived. That doesn't mean we can't grow. Amen. Amen. And you may be thinking, well, Bishop, I do better than that. Great. But you haven't arrived either. Amen. You can still grow, too. Praise God. Hallelujah. And, you know, saints, I've had the privilege of meeting and talking to people not with millions, but with billions. I'm serious. I've had the privilege of meeting and talking to people with that kind of money. And you know what? They're concerned about money. And you think, how can that be? Because you see, it's not about how much you have. It's about where your trust is. Amen? It's about where your trust is. You would think Somebody with that much. And I, look, and I hear this all the time. I'm not naming any names, so it's not true for everybody. But I hear this all the time from people who I know. I know. I mean, just money coming out of their ears. Well, we've reached the threshold for this year. We've, we've reached the budget for this year. There, there's nothing else left now. Really? But, you know, that's, that's a matter of where their, their perception uh, of, of being concerned about lack. What, what did Jesus say? He said, if you, if you, when he dealt with the rich young ruler, he said, and his disciples, he said, you know, how hard it is for rich people to enter the kingdom of heaven. His disciples said, well, look, wait, who can be saved? Which, by the way, if you're poor, you don't ask that question. And everybody said the, the apostles were poor. They, no, if you're poor, you don't ask the question, well, if the rich can't enter heaven, who can be saved? They were businessmen for the most part. I mean, James and John had a thriving business with their father, thriving fishing business with their father. And so did Peter, apparently. They, these guys were successful fishermen. They, had, they, they weren't struggling to make ends meet. So they said, well, then who can be saved? And Jesus said, what is impossible with men is possible with God. And he said, because they trust in their riches. See, the issue wasn't what they had. The rich young rulers, it wasn't what he had. It was that he was holding it. And Jesus said, all you got to do now is give that away and come and follow me. 
and say, and you'll have riches in heaven. And he thought that meant poverty. Jesus wasn't talking about him being impoverished. But that's the way he interpreted it. He went away. The Bible said he went away sorrowing. Oh, oh, oh no. No, nah, Lord, that's beyond me. No, thank you. See you later. And you know, I've met people. <laughs> I've met people who act like when they give their tithe, it's like they hung on the cross for Jesus. <laughs> I'm serious, you know. <laughs> and then complain about what was done with it. And I don't see why they needed all that. I'm thinking, well, what did, why did you even give it? I've said many times, if, you, if your heart is really not in giving, please keep it. Because it won't help me and it won't help you either. Amen? Amen. But so, so Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, well, no, I, let's go back to verse 19. And you all are quite familiar with this. He says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And you know what? When I realized that little example I gave you all, that that money had part of my heart. Because I didn't like the idea of giving up so much. I didn't know that. I had to come to that point. See, that's what I mean. I'm, if you'd ask me, oh, yes, praise God. I'm gifted. I'm a giver. And then I hit that point. It was like, uh, I think I reached the level of my gift. Now, I'm going to press through that, but I'm just being honest with you all about the fact that this is a test. It's a challenge for us to grow in our giving. And Jesus said, it's the most fundamental test. He said, if you, if you can't pass this one, why would you be given those, the, the true riches, of course, which are spiritual? Amen. 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 And then in Matthew 6, 24, he says, no one can serve two masters for either he will love the one and hate the other or he'll be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. So look, if you're chasing money, money is your master. I mean, it's just that plain and simple. If you're chasing money, money is your master. Um, I get, of course, invitations to preach around the country. And I don't charge anything to churches ever. I don't set any price. I don't set any minimum. I don't set any limit. So I had a pastor say to me uh, just recently for an engagement I've got coming up next month. He said, now, now, Bishop, we're, we're going we're gonna to take up. I said, look, just hold it right there. I said, I, you, don't, you don't owe me anything. I said, I, I preach the gospel without charge. So whatever you all give me is what you give me, and it's fine. I mean, we're not going to have any negotiation and tell you, well, if I, if I can't get this, and, and there are preachers who will do this. If you can't give me this much money, I'm not coming. Well, that's ungodly. Amen? Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, I expect people, the Bible says the labor is worthy of his hire. I expect people to do something like that, but that's between them and God. It's not, not, Jesus said, freely you receive, freely give. I'm not chasing money. I've met preachers who want speaking engagements because they want money. I met them. I've never asked a person to preach at their church. There's one exception. It's a good friend of mine, and I know he loves me, and we got a strong relationship, 
and I told him I was going to be in his area. I said, look, if you guys can, need, can use me, I'd be happy to do it. There's no financial deal. There's no agreement. He said, oh, man, we're so glad. Come on. But, but as far as me meeting people, say, hey, you know, I preach around the country. Would you like to have me come? I never, I've never done that. But I've met people who do. I've met people who met me say, you know, I'd be happy to come preach at your church. I said, well, great. I don't know that I'd be happy to have you. <laughs> I mean, because the fact that you would approach me about it makes me wonder. Amen? Because, see, I believe the Spirit of God opens those doors of opportunity. You don't need to go beg people and manipulate people and try to get people to have you come speak for them. Amen. We met some of those folks on the road. And look, if you're hoarding money because you're afraid of not having it, money is your master. If you're hoarding it because you're afraid of not having it, money is your master. See, I bumped up against that little, that, that little threshold. <laughs> you know? And look, if you're holding back from giving to God, when you know you ought to give and you know that it's needed and you know that you have it, but if you're holding back because you're afraid of what you're going to give up, money is your master. And if the money is telling you what to do, amen, instead of God telling you what to do, praise God. You know what? Money's your master. You're serving money. You're not serving God. So you want to turn that around, amen, because what you'll do is you'll miss God's best for you. You will miss God's best for you by, by trying to hold on to what you think gives you security. It's God that gives you security, not the money. And the more you release, the more God is released to put into your hands. Amen. Amen. And you can't outgive him. Praise God. You can't beat his giving. Hallelujah. And look, so that's, that's what Jesus was trying to tell the rich young ruler. People are looking for satisfaction, and they think once they have money, they're going to be happy, and they're going to be at peace. Oh, wait, man, once I, once I have some money, oh, I, I'll be fine. And you know what? They're a mess. In fact, they're often a bigger mess with the money than they were before. Because if they don't have God, they've got money to buy drugs and money to buy prostitutes and money, money to just, just spend on every depraved thing imaginable. Amen? Amen. Amen. But but this young ruler, I'm convinced, knew that something was missing because, you know, he's really full of himself. I don't mean to be too hard on him, but he really is full of himself because, look, he comes to Jesus and Jesus and he says to Jesus, good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I might have eternal life? You know, we missed that in Matthew, but he calls Jesus a good teacher. And then he says, what good thing should I do? I'm good, too. But what good thing should I do? that I might have eternal life. And, and that means to me, in spite of how full of himself he was, he knew that he was missing something. He knew that something was needed. He knew that something was lacking in his life. I don't care how big your bank account is, without God, something is lacking in your life. You are not fulfilled. You can't be. Money won't fulfill you, amen? Amen. So Jesus told him, you know, gave him the basic commandments, gave him the basic commandments, don't murder, don't commit adultery, et cetera, et cetera. And, and, and I, I, this, this young boy's answer, Oh, I've done all that. I'm good. You know, it's like today. Yeah, I'm a good person. I'm a good person, Jesus, just like you. See, when Jesus said not as good but God, and we often interpret that, and I think it's an appropriate interpretation, that Jesus is saying, do you know who you're talking to because you call me good, but do you acknowledge that I'm God? But I think he, he was also saying to him, you're not good, buddy, because you, you think you're going to come to me and say, Good teacher, I'm good too. 
You're not good. None is good but God. Amen? Because he said, what good work can I do? Hallelujah. Glory to God. But Jesus said, if you want to be perfect, go sell what you have, give to the poor, and have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. And that was the end of that. That was the end of that. Amen? And you got people right now, all over this country and all over the world, who won't go to church because they think they're going to have to give. Well, I can tell you right now, you can come to this church and you don't have to give at all. But if you get a hold of God, you're going to want to give. Amen. If God gets a hold of you, you're going to want to give. Amen. Praise God. I, I look, I, I talked about my little threshold, but, but my wife, we want to give. We love to give because we know it pleases God and we know God blesses us in our giving. Amen. Amen. We don't give, manipulate. In fact, look, here's part of the problem, saints. You do have manipulators out there. Send me a thousand dollars and the Lord has shown me that your teacup won't run out and your sugar will be in the cupboard. And oh, yeah. I mean, please. I mean, that, that stuff is just, it, we, we just need to quit that mess. Amen. Just need to quit that mess. All you got to do is give people the word of God. That's why you always hear me recite, we don't give by pressure, by manipulation, by trying to get something out of you, by, by twisting your arm. or, or I don't have time for that. Amen? I don't have time for that. I, look, if you really believe that God is the one who provides, you don't have to do that. You just teach people the word of God and let them go. Praise God. And they'll, and they'll do what they need to do. Amen? Amen. Amen. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 28, the Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens to give rain to your land in this season to bless all the work of your hands. It says you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. But see, here's what all of that leads to. You shall be the head and not the tail. You shall be above and not beneath. If you heed the commandment of the Lord your God and be careful to observe it. In other words, God wants to elevate you. He's not telling you something to hold you back. He's telling you something to push you forward. Amen. God wants you to be raised up. He doesn't want you to be cast down. The Bible says in the book of Job, and when you are cast down and you say, exaltation will come, then he will save the humble person. Well, how is it humble to say exaltation will come? Because I'm not saying I'm going to exalt myself. I'm going to say God is the one who will exalt me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God will lift you up. You trust him. He'll make a way for you out of no way. Amen. And then here's the last thing. Here's what I want to end on. Not only that, saints, but you know, God is in the money miracle working business. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, he is. He is in the money miracle working business. When you put your trust in God, there's no telling how God will bless you. Don't try to figure it out. Don't get your little brain working. Try, well, is God going to do this? Is God going to do that? Is God... You are too small to consider how God will bless you because he's able to bless you from the east when you think it's coming from the west and from the north when you think it's coming from the south and from above when you think it's coming from around you. God knows how to get done what he wants to get done. My pastor used to say, I don't know how he does it, but he just does it. Hallelujah. God can work a miracle and remove your mortgage payment instantaneously, just like that. God can work a miracle and get your credit card debt paid off, just like that. God can get your card paid for, just like that. Say, well, Bishop, I don't see how. That's the problem. You don't see how. Forget about trying to see how. Just trust that God can do it. 
You got to first make up your mind that that's what you want. Lord, I want to owe no man anything but to love him. Lord, I want to be free indeed. I don't want to be saddled in debt. When you tell me to give, I don't want the, 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 the person who I owe money say, well, wait a minute, you got to pay me first. I want you to always be first in my life and God will work a miracle in your financial circumstance. Hallelujah. Now you make up your mind not to get back into what got you there because a lot of this stuff, you know, people say, well, it's the devil. No, it was you. The devil didn't make you spend that money. Hallelujah. That was you saw something you wanted and you went out and went for it. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And then regretted it after you did it. Praise God. Hallelujah. You all heard me tell that story about that first Cadillac I bought. Oh, my goodness gracious. I tell you what, even now I can see that car. That was a beautiful car. Ooh, pristine white El Dorado with blue velvet interior. Oh, my. You step back and look at that car. You must say that man, that car must belong to a big shot. Didn't have a dime. But I went to the dealer. The dealer had me sitting there. Boy, that velvet felt good. He said, I can put you in this car. I said, I believe you can. I said, I believe it's God's will for me to pee in this car. <laughs> you know, I believe God was sitting there saying, no. No, it's not. <laughs> Praise God. And I told you all, that car, look, it was a diesel engine I bought in the middle of the winter. I plugged that thing up at night and got to start it. It would never start in the morning. It would never start. I had to wait until the sun came out to try to warm that thing up. And then I'd finally get it started and the heater never worked. I'd be driving down the street. I mean, you talk about looking cool. Ooh, because I was. I really was. I mean, I was chattering. I'm driving that thing in five, six, 10 degree weather and it has no heat. And then the, then the payment came. And you know, I, pay, I made one of those, don't make this mistake. I said, yeah, I know it's expensive, but you know the Lord will provide. God said, I already did, but I didn't provide money for that. And I'll tell you what, that payment, I look at that payment now and think nothing of it, but that payment looked big. I mean, when I, first time I got it, I had to look at, was it that much? And finally, I, took, I went to the Lord and said, Lord, we got to do something about this car. And God said, we? God said, I had nothing to do with it. You, you got yourself into this. But the Lord was merciful. I told you I had a dream. And the dream was I had the car parked out in front of the little church I was pastoring at the time. And a gigantic hole opened up and swallowed the car up and covered it up. And I, you know what? That wasn't a nightmare to me. That was a dream. That's praise God. Yeah, man. Whatever it takes. <laughs> And finally, finally was able to get rid of the thing. And then we did not go get another one. We went and found a nice, affordable car based on where we were at that time. Amen? Amen. I got myself into that. God didn't get me into that. I got myself into that. And you know what? And that wasn't the devil either. That was me. Amen. Because look, when, when, the, when the car dealer looked at the payment and I saw how big it was, and I said, wow, man, that's, 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 that's big. You're going to have a hard time. I said, get behind me, Satan. That was good sense talking. I was say with the Holy Spirit, but that was good sense talking, and I didn't want to hear that because I wanted that car. Amen. Don't, don't let yourself, listen, a miracle is a wonderful thing, 
but it's not God's best. You know what God's best is? Follow his word. And you, and you won't need so many miracles to get you out, saints. But look, he's a miracle-working God now. He's able to make a way out of no way. Amen? He's a way out of trouble. He's a way out of trial. He's a way out of debt. He's a way out of struggle. He's a way out of pain and pressure and stress. He's a way out of all of that. He'll do it for you because he's merciful that way. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm going to stand up on your feet. Let me quit. Hallelujah. Saints, be good stewards of your financial resources as disciples of Jesus Christ. Amen?